Hello and welcome to Me Talking Weird Out to You, the only podcast that wants to talk to everyone in the whole world about Mr. Weird Al Yankovic. I'm your host, Dakota Rimmer. And um, a little bit of a special episode. This is our second mini topic episode here in season four where we're, you know, we're changing things up. You know, we're daring to be stupid and, uh, you know, this might be stupid. I hope not. Um, I'm joined by two people. There's two reasons this is special. It's a, a surprise mini topic episode because there's sometimes you just got to step out of what you're doing and talk about what's important. There's, things happen. The world is a big, wide, wonderful place, everyone. And things are happening all the time. Isn't that right, Garrett? Yo, yes. Yep, that's Garrett Hell. He's my co-host. And um, I also we also have another guest, Garrett. What? Or I guess a guest. I don't, you're not a guest. You're my co-host. But we have a guest. Did you know that? <laughs> what? No. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, I don't think you two have properly been introduced before. Uh, uh, Garrett, this is Mr. Ken Edwards. Ken, this is Garrett, my co-host. Garrett Hale. Whoa. Garrett. Finally, finally, Dude. I can get on your level and not talk at you through Dakota. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, let's just face facts. Dakota's just a middleman. Oh, <laughs> it was it was always leading up to us, Garrett. Yeah, you know, we're here. Interesting secret. I want to let you on, Dakota. You might want to uh, ear muff it. Okay, here we go. I've been using Dakota la, la, la. to get to app la, 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 this la, la, whole la. time. La 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 la. Oh shoot. La 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 la. You know. I thought it was I thought it was genius. Somebody who I just figured la 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 would just kind of like would be the perfect la, layup, la, 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 you know? La, la. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 with you. I mean, he is uh <laughs> he, he is definitely the most knowledgeable person I know about Weird Al. He's the biggest fan I know. It just makes sense that somebody like that somebody that would dedicate a podcast to him and go through album reviews twice. All in dedication to the greatest songbird of our time. It just seemed like the perfect uh, opportunity to get to ne- get to meet my hero. All right, Gary. Well, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! I thought I told I didn't tell you to take those off. Oh shoot! Um, <laughs> gentlemen, are you ready to enter into our second uh, mini topic episode here? I am, and it's an honor to be back. Thank you, guys. Yeah, no sweat, Ken. Honors all ours, sir. Yeah. Um, let's step into our episode compressor here real quick. It just takes a little bit of, ah, uh, here we go. We're all three in here. Man, it's tight. Let's hit this button right here. Whoop. Oh, yep, there's the voice. There's the tiny voices. Never going to get over how much Woo. we sound like chipmunks. This is... You guys really need to get a more modern compressor. That was very painful. Yep, looks like an iron lung, huh? <laughs> I'm in. So does our time machine. There's... I'm enjoying it. There's... We have a lot of iron lung-shaped equipment laying around here. <laughs> all right, well, the effects have worn off. Um... There's a couple things that we have have to talk about that we couldn't wait until we got back to uh, the Al News portion of our of our regular shows. <clears throat> um, one of those, of course, is the big news that's going on, and that is the tour that Weird Al is on. That's why we've wrangled in uh, Ken because he's actually been to one of the tour stops as as we record this. He's been to one. Uh, is is it going to be three by the time all is said and done, or do you think you'll hit up more than three? Uh. I currently have tickets to seven more shows, so it will be eight in total. Wow. I don't think I knew that. That's insane. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> wow. Okay, so... I'm, sh- I'm shooting for uh, 27 times. If I see Al 27 times before I die, then it'll be a win. So 
where are you lifetime now? I, I know we've talked about this last time you were on the show, but uh, the one you just that you saw the first night of this tour, what is that show wise yep. for you? Lifetime. Uh, I think that was number 14. I saw the February 27th show in Poughkeepsie, the first show of the tour. Yep. And we're definitely going to talk about what you experienced there. Uh, but 14, man, that's, I mean, that's insane. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it is. crazy. It's expensive. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even talking about <laughs> if that. If you don't think I'm it. insane, if, you're, if your listeners don't think I'm insane for doing it, they will at least agree that it is very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of our listeners are also diehards, so. Ken. Yeah. Sir, I yeah. need you to tell us how your experience was at the first show. All right. The ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour. Uh, This is the tour I've been, like, waiting for Al to do forever, and it did not disappoint. Like, uh, originally when he announced the tour, I was still living in Texas, but I just moved back to Virginia a few months ago, and I was like, you know what? I'll drive seven hours to get to that first show of the tour. 2016 scared the crap out of me. So like any celebrity could die at any moment. I'm not going to risk it. I'm going to that first show. Totally. Uh, And it was awesome. You know, Emo Phillips did his thing for like half an hour and he was hilarious. And, um, but Al's set list was like, or not his set list, just the show. It was everything. I've always just wanted the shows to be. I mean, I love the whole, the first time you see Al is very exciting with the whole costume thing and all the videos and uh, sort of like a, a flashback of all the pop culture stuff we've ever associated Al with. It's great, but this is just him being a musician and it really lets him and his band shine. And I, I just love that he's switching up the set list every night and you can tell he, he's having a lot of fun. I had to go to that first show cause I just wanted to see like, how he transitions from the most like, like, uh, wrote exuberant. Uh, yeah. Like the biggest show that's all plot out, plotted out moment by moment to a show where he can just like take his time and say whatever he wants. Right. And it was just so interesting. I don't think I'd ever heard this guy say the word, um, <laughs> like, like stammer or wonder what was about to happen next. Like, Oh wow. He was, it was very, it was very loose. Like they, they did the thing that I hoped would happen after like years and years of them playing fun zone before the show started, they opened with fun zone, which was just the band on stage. Wow. At the end, at the end of the song, when, uh, the recording is going, Hey, 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 I did my best to get the crowd involved in that. But I felt like surprisingly, a lot of people in the audience were like just going to see, what this show was like and maybe weren't familiar with all of this deep cuts. Cause I could only get like a bun- a, a handful of people around me to start screaming the hay with me. But you know, after the hay is Al walked out on stage and they went right into, it was weird. A whole band was on stage. Al walked out on stage and then um, Steve J and Ruben left because they did CNR. So only Jim and Bermuda needed to be on stage for that one. So that was a weird transition. <laughs> But, but it was so loose, like, they uh, they messed up a few times, and Al was, like, real embarrassed about it, and he was like, this is your choice to come to the first show. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Emo making some comment about, like, oh, Poughkeepsie, this is such a great town. 
to practice in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, can uh, let me if I can just interject. I should have said this at the top. Yeah. There will be spoilers. Um, I want to avoid the t- the very end of the show, if you know what I mean, because I think there is, you know, the set list is different, but I think there are things that could totally be spoiled, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Like the very tail end of the show, um, we'll avoid that. But anybody else, I did put this to our listeners out on Twitter and got several responses from people saying, Oh, spoil the show. The set list is going to be different. Uh, definitely do an episode about the tour. We want to know what's going on so far. Uh, so people will be looking forward to this episode and don't seem to mind spoilers too much, but just in case, I still want to say it. Uh, for anybody out there, there will be spoilers, Ed, since Ken did go to that first show. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, and I heard at the end, or I read that at the end of the tour, mm-hmm. uh, whether he decides to do a second leg or not, he's going to release a recording of every every the live stream of every show on the tour so maybe at the at the end of the tour we could get together and do a full tour wrap-up episode and talk about every aspect of it or something oh heck yeah but until then yeah i i would not want to uh spoil where the show goes right um we'll just stick to the the first uh 90 minutes (laughs) of of everything (laughs) But yeah, I got to see a lot of uh, debuts, a lot of songs he had never played before, and um, uh, inclu- uh, those were Jackson Park Express, Stop Forwarding That Crap to Me, Don't Download That Song, and When I Was Your Age, and um, and you know, Happy Birthday for the first time since they'd ever since they performed oh, yeah. it since '85, yeah. um, Generic Blues, the first time since '95. It, it was just a bunch of songs that like. I loved seeing the band like shine during like it not being all about some artificial joke. Mm-hmm. It was really just watching Al and the band as musicians. And, but the best part of it to me, uh, okay. There are two best parts of it besides hearing all these songs that I've always wanted to hear forever. First of all, Al has a MIDI accordion that can <laughs> sound like any instrument. So, Al like, is like. Do you say mini? The accordion, the accordion a MIDI, M I D I. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and Al like is associated with the accordion in like an iconic way, but like even in the most in the last you know twenty years, you barely got to see him play that thing on stage unless it was for a polka or during the medley or something. Mm-hmm. But this thing allows him to sound like full string orchestra while Volchera is still playing just like grand piano. So he's playing accordion for most of the show. It's like watching Al be the savant on an instrument that we've always known he was, but could never associate with anything other than a polka. So like during, you know, Jackson Park Express, the whole time he's doing just like intricate stuff on his accordion. And just to see him be the virtuoso musician uh, that we've always known was behind it, um, for most of the set was just like really, really surprising to me and such a delight to see him totally engaged with this music that he wrote and was so thrilled to play. Um, that was the first thing I didn't expect about the show. And the second thing was I thought this show, these shows would be filled with like people who are like the diehards like us who knew every joke and every song. And that was sort of something that was missing from all of these past tours is like, we've all heard fat a thousand times so we know what those punchlines are and it's fun to see him in the fat suit and jumping around and doing the sound effects and everything but you know the actual punchlines in the song never hit 
Yeah. But like, I got to tell you, he was killing during generic blues, which has like a uh, joke, every other line or um, Jackson Park Express. These songs were killing party at the leper colony. People were yeah. laughing so much. Those songs are just joke after joke after joke. Yeah. And I just like had never experienced that at an owl show. Really. Yeah. It always just felt like more of like an event of just like right. a, a total multimedia uh, uh, extravaganza. Whereas like, People were watching a musician and a comedian on stage here, and it was delightful. Well, even if even if at a regular Al show, <clears throat> if he did a song that was chock full of jokes, um, you would never know if people were laughing at him because you know it's a loud rock show. This one has more of a intimate feeling, and you can tell. And so there's like sort of a, 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 the ability to set up jokes better. Um, I do want to say that surprised me too. Obviously, I haven't seen it yet, but um, I did watch on YouTube a couple of bootlegs of, of different shows that have happened and I have a funny story about that in a second <laughs> um, and one thing that I did point out and I told my wife this because I was watching it in bed and keeping her awake way past her bedtime because it was a long show <laughs> yeah. um, well, I was like oh I hear laughter in the audience like that was such a weird thing to hear people like he would deliver a line that of a song that I've been listening to for years and you know if we're being honest, I'm not laughing at it anymore because I've heard it. You hear a joke, you don't laugh anymore. And so I, to, mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing people like laughing. I'm like, oh, wow, there's a lot of people laughing at something that I you know, I don't even think of as a joke anymore. It's a line in a song. And so that was kind of a weird sort of uh, a, a thing that I'd, I hadn't experienced ever at a live show. So you saying that, it's like, yeah, it definitely happened. Furthermore, <laughs> this is my funny story. So... Uh, other friend of the show, Jace McLean, he's the lead singer of Nuclear Bubble Rap. Uh, he's been on here two, mm, I think two times. Also a, a diehard Al fan. <laughs> on Facebook, uh, the day after the first show, or maybe the day after that, uh, after the first show had happened in Poughkeepsie, he puts, somebody got a bootleg of the, of the show in Poughkeepsie, New York, and he posted it, and I literally... I was I was getting ready to leave the house. I was waiting on my wife. When I saw that post, I was like, oh my God, who in their right mind recorded the entire show and put it on YouTube? And then I clicked through the link, and right under there on the account name, it says Ken Edwards. I was like, oh, I get it. I I got a quick question. Yep. Hey, Ken, um... How how much vamping does he do? Because one of my expectations going into this tour is that it's going to be stories or like conversations with the crowd where he's like talking at them or like like interesting tidbits about songs or previous tours. Is there does he do a lot of that or does it just kind of like flow from song to song? Actually, yes. Like I, I did not expect as much, and I'm delighted that that he's doing a lot of, as you said, vamping. Like it's not even like thought. Of, it you'd think with how meticulously he plans everything out, he'd have a joke planned for the intro to every song. But he's really just letting it be loose. Sometimes he'd like not have a good story. Like uh, I won't spoil all of them, or or I'll only tell you like a few of them. But like for like good old days, he like started to like talk about something but he was like ah, this isn't funny let's just go into the next song this is uh what would happen if james taylor wrote a song with charles manson and then they started good old days mm-hmm. or like um emo phillips uh i guess had asked if it was anyone's birthday and it was somebody in near the front's birthday and so al was like uh 
my friend Emo told me that uh, it was it was your birthday tonight, Mike. Is that right? And Mike stood up and went, whoa. And I was like, you know what? I wrote a song just now just for you. And then I went into <laughs> happy birthday. Um, but uh, my favorite story was um, the party at the leper colony one. Uh, I couldn't believe I didn't know this trivia is he said um, that he wanted to get um, – this the guitarist for the East Street Band plays with, or, or the saxophonist for the East Street Band who plays with Bruce Springsteen to do the sax solo on that song and he's scheduled to come in and uh, the day before they canceled and he called the agent back and was like hey why why did he cancel we were really excited about this and he was like oh because he saw the title was Party at the Leper Colony <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and, you know I'm 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 telling a, a smaller version of the way he said it like he, it was it was a longer funnier version of right. the story but like yeah I was very surprised that he had uh, he at least made an attempt to say something between every song and sometimes it wouldn't really be funny and he'd be stammering and he he'd be nervous and 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 the band would mess up, and he'd be like, "That was terrible. Let's try that again." Like he just stopped the song a, a, a few uh, measures into it, and it was it was so loose, and it just felt like the rock the rock band always getting to be the rock band it always was. That's so cool. It like one of my one of my favorite things about hearing you talk about this is thinking like that was your show because every set list is different. You know, it's like every single person that goes to a different show, unless like there are those like the crazy fans that are going to every single show on the tour. It's like you get your experience and his commentary at each of those shows. Now, if it's if it's the same, I mean, that's still kind of cool, but everybody is going to have a different set list. And that's amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about it because like there are songs that I really want to hear on this tour that I didn't get to hear at that show. And I just know like it, it allows for anticipation for every single show I'm going to go to. Like, is he going to get to genius in France? Like I'm enjoying the thing of getting up every morning and checking the set list from the night before. If he had a show and being like, did he do? I'll be mellow when I'm dead. Like, (laughs) like, is he, is is that going to pop up at the tour? Like it's very fun for an Al fan right now. (laughs) That's that's so cool. Have you had a moment of, um, now you're, you're kind of lucky because you'll be going to multiple ones, but I, if if you've had this moment, or perhaps maybe somebody else who's only going to be going to one will have this, where you looked at a set list for a show you didn't go to, and you're like, oh, well, now that that kind of bums me out. They got this song, and this song, and this song, and we got we didn't. Yeah. Like, have you had any of those moments? Yeah, absolutely, because, like, um, two of my favorites of his, uh, he did one of each of them at the two shows in Boston. And I, was, I would love to go to one of these shows where he's doing two in one night, mm-hmm. just to, like, two different shows in the same night like he did um i'm so sick of you at the first show in boston and he did uh, i remember larry at the second one and i'm like those are i love elvis costello and i love i remember larry like those are just yeah. two songs that i just know his band would nail live they're just like straight up rock songs i was only kidding would be another one i'd love to see that i think he's done already and she never told me she was a mine and like it felt like at this first show other than other than cnr they were trying to do a lot of really intricate stuff. And I think as the tour is going on, they're trying to weave in just more like songs that they really enjoy doing because, uh, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be the intricate, like, you know, stop forwarding that crap to me, Albuquerque, um, don't download this song stuff all the time. Like sometimes I just want to hear them be the band that they are. Right. And, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for them to feel confident in the show as the tour moves on because, 
it, while it was exciting to see them be nervous, I want them to, I also want to see what it's like for them to do happy birthday for, you know, the 20th time on tour, as opposed to the first time on right. tour when they have confidence in it and stuff. Uh, let me ask you this. Um, this goes back to emo. I'm sorry. Um, do either of you think that because there's no way to gauge this based on the set list online of Weird Al's song, unless unless somebody out there just put it out there that they've been to a couple and they know for a fact that this is true. Do you think there's any chance that emo is changing up his routine every night? Oh, I would think so. You think so? And I mean, by by the end of the tour, I'll have seen he'll be the comedian I've seen more than anyone. So um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so I'll let you guys know. <laughs> Yeah. No, the weirdest thing about the weirdest thing about the Poughkeepsie show in general, like, and everybody agreed on this, was that emo came out, and we thought emo would be like presenting Al, but he was just like thanks and got applause, and then went off stage, and then there was like house music again while they set up the show, and I'm like, emo required no instruments, like, why did this show need to be set up? Like, oh, <laughs> I, I hope they fix the transition because it was like 15 minutes between emo and Al coming out. Oh yeah. Man. Wow. It was very odd. Huh? Maybe they'll, maybe they're learning as they go even on that kind of like stage stuff, not just on, you know, how to, how to do the songs. You said like they had a, a mistake here and there and they're like, no, let's start over. Maybe they'll, maybe every, every bit of it will be a learning process. Cause there's, no, there's some things you only figure out once you do it live, you know? I don't know. Yeah. May I, may I share something that goes back to the last time I was on this podcast? Oh yeah, and if and if you if you haven't listened if you're newish to this podcast, go back and listen to uh what was that? Summer of last year, would you say? Um Yeah, that sounds right, maybe August. Yeah. We had uh, Ken Edwards on the show. It was just me and him. This like I said this is literally him and Garrett's first time talking. Um I had him on here, and he told me all kinds of stuff. The two or three, how many times that you you had already met Al and talked to Al and uh, some other crazy things. Like we, he played he played our uh, Al trivia game and nailed it mostly, except in the bonus round. But I'm not going to spoil anymore. So go check out that episode. It's it's a really good episode. But but go ahead. I I appreciate that. But <laughs> something I alluded to in that episode was that when Al did my uh, podcast mm-hmm. in 2014. I suggested uh, that he do a show or a tour like this. And I was like, there are enough fans out here that love your originals enough that we would fly anywhere for it. And then after he announced it, I saw him at a UHF commentary and uh, I talked to him afterwards. I was like, you just announced this tour. Do you remember I suggested that on my podcast? And he was like, oh, weird. That was right around the time I started thinking about this. So yeah, maybe maybe you did. And I didn't know if he was just patronizing me, so I never tried to boast too much about it, except for when I was on this podcast last. Because like, where else do you tell that story? Mm-hmm. Right. But guys, I'll uh, I'll send you the audio. I mean, I'm on my phone right now, so I can't play the audio off of my phone right now. But if you want to insert it here, you're welcome to. I had a quick 23 second. Wish I'd gotten four more seconds for the 27, but I had a quick 23 second exchange with him. After the show, uh, I waited around for uh, a few hours for him to get done with the people who paid for a meet-and-greet so I could have a free meet-and-greet out <laughs> in his bus. So I talked to Steve J, and he was, you know, a sweetheart. And, uh, but, but I was last in line, and I went up to Al. Hey, Al. Ken Edwards. I've met you many times. I uh, 
I've been begging you to do this tour for years, and that was everything I wanted. Oh, I'm so glad. I drove seven hours for this first show. Oh my goodness. I'll be at seven more of these. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. You'll see for, seven different shows. I'm great. very excited about it. Thank you so much for doing my this pleasure. just a thousand times. For it, dude, you, dude, you remember it. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> and then at the end of my exchange, when I was like, that was the Al show that I've always wanted, he said, thanks for suggesting it. And it blew my freaking mind, and I have it on record, and I know it happened, and whether anyone believes me, I don't care. I manifested this Al tour. How can you be a better Al fan? I win. <laughs> you know, this that might be one of the most appropriate times where I've heard somebody toot their own horn, but that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's totally appropriate. Like this is not this is not me being sarcastic or mocking. Like that's totally appropriate. And I think you should be receiving residuals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I really think that would hold up in court <laughs> if you tried to press charges. Yeah, you recorded it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's on the record. Oh my God, <laughs> great point, you guys. Suddenly, I was trying to make Al my friend, but let's make him enemies. That'll be better. <laughs> hey, Al, we know you're listening to this. <laughs> hey, if you take him to court. Dakota and I can be there, and that could be our in. Oh, yes, that'll be the. I'll, I will let you guys be my lawyer. You can do the questioning, and it'll just be the questions you want for the podcast. <laughs> the judge will be like, What does this have to do with anything? The income of the poor. We're in it for the long con, baby. Oh, my God. That's. <laughs> That's hilarious. Sorry. I'm laughing way too hard at that. <laughs> Guys, I had a really, really long, stressful day, and this is exactly what I needed. Thank you. <laughs> Dude, I can just see that now in court. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, fun. You end it by saying, no further questions, Your Honor. Dare to be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the podcast. That's the entire podcast. You just take podcast. that audio. <laughs> And um, Mr. Uh, Yankovic, it, it is. Your name is mi- we- uh, Mr. Weird. Um, Mr. Weird. The, uh, the next question I have is, are you a fan of the Brady Bunch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wh- I'm sorry. Does, what does that have to do with... What does that have to do with the case? And the judge is just like, "Yes, I'm. I'm, uh, I'm going to let him. I'm going to let him see where he's taking this." Go on, Garrett. <laughs> like, 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 know the answer too. Go on, Mister Hale. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Um, okay, so before we uh, began recording, I had told Garrett, and now I think uh, uh, Ken's in on this too. Um, what songs do you have to hear? Now, me and Garrett are going to Chattanooga and possibly Nashville. We're still. Kind of juggling that ball. Oh, all three of us are going to Chattanooga. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I hadn't got to that. I was going to give people the rundown of everybody that's going to be in Chattanooga that's associated with this podcast. That's in my notes to do. But um, since we're, I mean, me and Garrett are just going to Chattanooga, whereas you have already been, and then you'll be in D.C. and then Chattanooga, and then it sounds like everywhere else in the United States. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, even though you had already been, I think Ken's going to join us in this little exercise we're about to do. What are three songs that you absolutely had to hear on this tour, and has he already played them? So, there, therefore, is it more likely that we're going to hear them, or has he not played them yet, and you're getting kind of concerned that you won't hear them? Um, since Ken, since you've already been, and uh, and you know a little bit about what he's doing, wh- what are the three that you must hear, and have you seen that some of them have already been played? Um, I, I don't have all the set lists memorized, but 
I believe he's done I Was Only Kidding already, and that would definitely be one of mine. Um, another one would be I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead, which I believe was my pick for favorite Al song on the last time I was on. I don't think he's done that yet. Hmm. But the the day that I, that he was like, uh, uh, yeah, that was actually you. Maybe you did suggest that, the tour to me. Maybe that was you. I, I, I did suggest to him to do I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead, and that was in D.C., so maybe he'll do I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead in D.C. next week. We'll see. That'll be the nice. cherry on top of all of this. But um, the third one, I want another rocker. I, I would love to see our I Remember Larry. I think that's like a... Yeah. Uh, other people have alluded it to other bands, but it feels right in the zone of what Al would come up with on his own, um, that it feels very... Uh, important to see live and, and and i've seen him do it multiple times but like skipper dan seems like something he should be doing on this tour too like that is an essential owl song oh yeah i'm i'm quietly cross-referencing this while or cross-checking this while you talk and it seems like uh he did i remember larry and i was only kidding at the same show in montreal okay yeah i should have been in montreal so that that's the show for you <laughs> but um just be si- simply because you said one of mine i'll go next um I'll Be Mellow When I'm Dead is one that I want to see, too. And I have none of the set lists say that he's played it so far. So, yeah, you're that. I like you said, I'm glad you brought it up to him so that maybe it, you kind of incepted it like you did the, the, the show idea. So hopefully we'll start adding it to the, the, the tour. I hope he knows that we're... I, I, hope, I really want to hear that song. I hope he knows that we're checking the set list like as fans. So that'll it'll be exciting when one pops up late in the tour. Like, oh man, I thought he wasn't going to do Genius in France, and here it is. That would be another one of mine. I'd love to. He see. closes the last show with Genius in France because it's just so long and such a a bit of a rager in parts. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> so yeah, I do want to. By the way, he knows now because he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> he knows that we're checking. Um, I also want to hear. I'll be mellow when I'm dead. Um, I want to hear Twineball, but I see he's he's uh, performed it a few times. He's first he did it on March third, and I think he's done it a couple more times since then. Um, so I don't know how many times he's willing to play his super long songs, but um, I you know everybody knows that's one of my favorite Al songs. It might be my favorite Al song ex- uh, aside from the third one that I'm about to say. Um, but yeah, I really want to hear Twineball live. Um, there was a second bootleg uploaded to YouTube that wasn't by you, it was by somebody else, and they, it was one of the times that he performed Twineball, I think it was in Toronto again, uh, or in Toronto, the other one was in Montreal. Oh, I, 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 I do want to say real quick, I would not have uploaded that, yeah. Al, had you not already announced that you'll be releasing <laughs> all of these for streaming at the end of the tour. <laughs> Do you want me to take that out? Do you want me to take that? No, no, out? it's totally fine. I like I think it's hilarious. Okay. I just wanted to be on the record if if that's the case that <laughs> I would not have done that had he not said he was going to be releasing them for us anyway. Um, uh, what was this? Oh yeah, the other persons whose video I watched they cut off Twineball like a minute in. Oh. I was like, are you kidding me? They had edited it like a lot, or either they just stopped recording a lot because several of the songs cut off short, and also between the songs they cut off, they like they would begin recording again when the music started. So I had no idea, I, apart from the one that you uploaded. If I'd only watched this one, I'd be like, "Well, does is there banter? Is there you know stuff like that?" So, uh-huh. um, and then the, the one that I really want to hear, uh, just because of I want to see how it'd go in this setting, but I, he's got to have uh, performed it live before. Is um, one more minute. 
That might be my favorite Al song of all time, and I just I really want to hear that one. Dude, I uh, and he he, he, he did that know. at the Poughkeepsie show I was at. That it, it was it was yeah. funny to me because I've seen them do that one before, and that was one of the songs they messed up. And it's like, man, it, this isn't even the song that you've never <laughs> done before. Um, Dang. But uh, I, I actually, that's one of the only questions I still have for him. Uh, is like I want to ask him a question about one more minute, and so I. I actually have a VIP uh, ticket uh, for the DC show next week. So I get the meet and greet. So I'm going to be asking him that question. And I'm mm. going to be ambushing him with, so are you going to be doing me talking weird out of you when you're in Chattanooga? <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Make him, make him own it. <laughs> just, oh, I will. Just, just keep putting it out there. He, as, he, as long as it's uh, just, as long as me talking weird out of you is in his face. 24 7. 24 7. That's a lot of time. Hey, if I manifested an entire tour, I think I can make an interview happen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Somewhere deep in the deserts of Australia, our, our, good, our good friend Ben uh, Johnson is saying, I already tried this <laughs> and it didn't work. <laughs> he actually asked him to as a VIP on the mandatory tour. Uh, but that was, you know, it was a long time ago before we were at the caliber that we're at now. <laughs> Yeah, just 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 keep hounding him, audience. Yeah, in a nice way. <laughs> All right, so, so I feel, I feel like I've interrupted a lot, well, Garrett. What are yours? Yeah, Garrett. <laughs> no, 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 no. All this is good, but man, when I was looking back at the these set lists and just thinking about the songs that would be like my ideal, like things I would have to see live. Good old days is one of them. Mm-hmm. Just. Like I love that song so much, and I feel like that was the start of so much of like the inspiration for the chaos and a lot of the songs that were to come later in his uh, his discography. Uh, it's like I mean, you all listed off some of the ones I would love to see, like Larry and Biggest Ball. Like those things are, like th- those songs are just so. No, so that was ACDC. What? Sorry, I've got big balls. That was ACDC. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, was, I thought he said Larry's biggest ball. <laughs> Larry's biggest ball. <laughs> um, but I think if I were to say like the two that would make a, like a, a set special to me, like like if I if if I were to walk out of a show and be like that show was for me, the next song would be Midnight Star and Mr. Frump mm. because yeah, Mr. Frump would be legendary. Like, it just seems, like, Mr. Frump seems so special, kind of like in the same vein of Mellow When I'm Dead, out of that first album. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, like, just see, I think, because I think Mr. Frump, like, seeing Al on stage, like, by himself, that would just be such a calming moment to hear that song live, you know? Because I'm looking at one set list right now, uh, where where was this? This was um, Toronto. March 9th, the the set list went Dare to be Stupid, Mr. Frump, and The Night Santa Went Crazy. Like, how much chaos can you put that song in between? And how, like, you have to come down very low to hit Frump and then go right back up on Night Santa Went Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, I mean, that there's just so much to look forward to. And, like, these, every set list, I think, has solid gold. I mean, even, like, even the people who get to see UHF live are seeing history made, right? Dude, U- UHF, is an, UHF is another <laughs> rocker I want to hear. I, I love, I love, I just love his band being a rock band. Oh, can I say one other thing about this tour is, like, 
Yeah. I was very worried. And even in your prediction episode, when this tour was announced, you guys like guessed what the, what the show would be like. And he had sort of implied it might be like sort of unplugged or something. So I felt like you guys were naming a lot of like mission statement, good enough for now, like, like stuff like that, which are, by the way, Al, if you're listening to songs, I would freaking love to hear. But e- even on the back of the shirt, it says sort of kind of unplugged ish bare bones production. Yeah. And, and I want to let everyone know it's not unplugged. I don't know why he's he's selling it that way at all. Maybe it's just because they're all on stools and not standing up that it like he wants to get the vibe that it's casual out there. But for the songs that rock, they're plugged into electric instruments and they rock. Yeah, like, this is not an unplugged show. That's cool. Is it sort of kind of yeah. unplugged-ish? I, I mean, I guess if you count when he did um, "You Don't Love Me Anymore," that was sort of kind of unplugged. Ish. The only the only thing they un, they unplugged is the video screen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> by unplugged, by unplugged, we unplugged the videos. That's all. <laughs> what What would you say? What would you say the venue was like? Like, how many people were at your show? It oh, was yeah. the Barvedon Opera House, mm-hmm. which um, emo emo made a joke about. Uh, because it was like about the, the bard of Avon, and he was like, "I guess they couldn't afford to put of on the sign." <laughs> um, but but it was like a nice little theater. It felt like a one of those places where if you were lucky enough to get a seat, you didn't have a bad seat in the house. There was a balcony section and an orchestra section. But like you know how most places with an orchestra and a balcony has sections of seats like behind the orchestra under the balcony. It didn't have that. It just felt oh, okay. like everywhere in the house was like close enough to uh, uh, be beneficial, like for you to feel like the show's intimate enough wherever you're at. Very cool. Hmm. I love that. Yeah. Your tickets for um, for Chattanooga, uh, Ken, are they mm-hmm. are they VIP or just Boston no. or just uh, DC? Just uh, I have one in DC and two in Texas. Dang, you're going uh, I have far. VIP for. What's the furthest? Uh... I have five shows in Texas. Well, when I when I bought these tickets, I was still living in Texas, so I have five <laughs> oh, no. shows on our Texas run. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but you're that's, still going to do thread it. To, that's another thread to follow up on from the last episode. I moved back to Virginia, everybody. I'm back in <laughs> Richmond. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. If I have these tickets and I paid this much, and it might be the only time he's going to do this tour, I I, I couldn't sell them. Right. So if it, if anyone is out there in Austin, Midland, Stafford, San Antonio, or Dallas, or Chattanooga, or D.C., be you there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so let's talk about Chattanooga before we uh, talk about the other one thing I want to talk about on this mini-topic episode. Okay. Um, so we're going down there. We're looking at April 13th, and um, we have me and Garrett. <clears throat> right Garrett you're still going to this right yeah <laughs> okay just making sure I just want to get, uh, keep tabs with you make sure you're going uh, I didn't know if I told you I'm also going oh I'm already there I'm camping out until April <laughs> oh you're calling live <laughs> from the outside of the venue right now <laughs> what's it like is there I am currently recording outside of the theater now anybody else in line um well there's a there's a, there's a raccoon out here <laughs> a raccoon <laughs> Yes. That, how'd you know uh, what I named him? <laughs> um, 
then we have Ken Edwards. Uh, Ken, you are going to the show, right? Okay, oh, I'll good. be there. I just want to check in. Um, we're going to try... Oh, no, let me... I'm going to save that one. Um, my wife. My wife. <laughs> there it is. Uh, we'll also be there, because that's actually... I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. That's the weekend of our anniversary. <laughs> Not a better way How to romantic. say what I had. <laughs> Ah, so we're actually staying in Chattanooga that whole weekend uh, to check out some other stuff. We've we've vacationed. I mean, it's a whole you know hour from where we live, so it's not really much of a vacation. But we 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 still like to spend a weekend down there every once in a while. It's Chattanooga is really nice. Have you been before, Ken? I have not. Oh, you'll enjoy it, uh, Garrett. You've been in Chattanooga, right? Yes, sir. Okay, good. I was hoping you had as a Tennessee resident. Um. Elsewise, we have my brother. I did not know this until a couple weeks ago that <laughs> I was telling them, guys, I'm really excited. I don't know if I told you, but me and Carol are going to go see uh, Weird Al, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, we know we're going too. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we told you this. I was like, no, you didn't. <laughs> so my brother and his wife are also going to be there. <laughs> uh, people, I only bring that up because they've been on this podcast before a really long time ago. And they've been on uh, the Weird Mountain podcast um, and then we hope to get uh, one Mr. Nathan Rabin. Ooh. He's trying to hit up as many shows as he can. Um, he's a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say out of touch, but you know, I don't, I'm not going to talk to him every single day like I would you guys. Uh, so I don't, I'm not sure if that's still like exactly what's going on, but I'm pretty sure he's going to make it to that one because he lives in like a, near Atlanta, so it's not a crazy reach for him to go to this show. So hopefully we can connect with him there, um, if at the very least just to meet in person and give him our thanks and ask him how the uh, you know how the write-ups are going on Al and stuff. Maybe get a little blurb from him or a little uh, little bit of audio from him. I don't know. I'm so excited about doing this whole thing and meeting, meeting you, Ken, in person and having just everybody there. I mean, I haven't seen Garrett in person in probably a year. <laughs> it's been a while. I'll see you next week, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I will see you next week, bro. Yeah, for baby reasons. Yeah, for baby reasons. <laughs> that that sounds really weird. <laughs> Me and Garrett are having a baby. <laughs> Which is really appropriate for the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> Garrett and I are having a child. <laughs> no, Garrett's having a child, and so me and Carol are making a trip down there for baby oh. shower. We're going to give his baby a shower before she's even born. A shower he. of babies. Yep. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. Hale. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I will. I can't. Uh, as Dakota has led the way prior to me, I will bring a beautiful baby girl into the world and raise her on Al, on the tutelage of Al. You just ruined my, my joke by letting me know the sex because I was going to say if you were having a boy, it could be weird Hale got a dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like Weird Hail anyway. That's cool. Weird Hail. Man, why didn't I come up with that when I was doing weird out we- <laughs> when I was doing hail puns for a year? <laughs> Dude, you had an entire year. <laughs> no, I suck. Um, I didn't know it was going to be a girl till just now. I accidentally said girl while ago because I have a daughter, and so that's the only reason I said that. Uh, so cool. I don't know if I actually knew that. I bet Carol knew that since there is a shower next week. Um, <laughs> it's on the invite. Oh, whoops. <laughs> I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> Garrett, be, go, go full creep. Name her Nina. Oh, man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and then change your last name. 
Al, Al, I love you. And then, and then when you uh, meet Al in person, just do a full rendition of "Do I Creep You Out." <laughs> it's like he's setting that up for himself. Right. <laughs> that is true. You can't make a song about creeps when you're a, a celebrity. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say though was you reminded me of this. I got really excited. Um, Piper has actually started asking for Weird Al by name. No way. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, the first time she did it was completely out of the blue. Uh, Because Carol was out of town a weekend or two ago. And so, you know, I'm on daddy duty all weekend. And we're driving. Um, And I was listening to... I think I was listening to N3D because we were going to be recording in a couple days uh, that episode about our first half of N3D. And um, so I was just listening to it. And I picked her up at the daycare and get her in the car. And when I turn it on, it's still playing. And we're just kind of driving in silence, uh, kind of in silence, while Weird Al's playing on the radio. And she said, Daddy, where's Weird Al? And I was like, excuse me? And I looked, the radio, um, or the uh, s- tiny screen in the car displays what album you're listening to. But sometimes it doesn't quite sync up right, and it's just like a blank screen. Just like a little music note or something instead of the screen. So she had recognized that it was a Weird Al song, but he wasn't, the picture of him on the N3D cover wasn't on the screen. So she pointed at it. She said, where's Weird Al? I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up. <laughs> How do you know, first of all, who this is? <laughs> this is special. Holy crap. Uh, I yeah. Know, it, was, I, it was insane. You are, that, I, I'm sorry, Garrett, but Dakota is more in need of, of a congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> totally fair. You, you haven't heard his unborn daughter's middle name yet. <laughs> it's Alfred. <laughs> leper yeah um, anyway no it's, i feel like we've been talking about personal stuff for, for a her good middle name minutes is um biggest ball of twine in minnesota hail <laughs> <laughs> not melanie not airline amy biggest oh dang yeah. that, that, minnesota. those would have been good too <laughs> <laughs> even bob would have been better than <laughs> no it's no no dakota her her, her name is um Logan, Nature Trail 2, Hail. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Nature Trail 2, Hail. Actually, can oh, I, I change could... my answer? That's one of my three. Okay. Oh, Nature. Has, has he done that one? Do yeah. He has. Okay. Cool. Now, I wonder how that sounds. He didn't do that on the first night, did he? No. No, not on the first night. I wonder if how he approaches all that, you know, the the end with like the saw sounds and the the eerie creeks and stuff. Yeah. I, I, oh, I wonder if that stuff centered at all. That's the fun stuff for me. As like a hardcore listener who knows every little bit of all of these songs. I'm like, how do they pull all of this off live? And that was the fun of seeing him playing so much accordion and being able to pull off like self forwarding that crap to me is an epic song with like 50 tracks of different instruments. And yet they, other than uh, vocalization, they made it sound as full as the album uh, on an instrument level, just because of what Al can do with that MIDI accordion. That's so cool. A similar one in that vein of uh, instrumentation that I'm not seeing on my quick scroll through these set lists is Pancreas. Oh, good good call. That would be great. But he, I mean, he'd have to have like a mini piano. I'm sure he can recreate that sound, but he'd have to be able to recreate the sounds of mini piano, uh, that little horn, the little bit of horn section, like all this stuff. Yeah, I, I think, wonder how that would. I think if you're gonna ask a lot of him, I think you would have to get 
that or um or Genius in France because of the musicality of those songs. Mm-hmm. It it is kind of a relief that he already told us he wouldn't be doing hardware store because otherwise Man. we'd all just be waiting for that. Oh. You I'm sitting here thinking of the same exact thing. <laughs> well, uh. here he did do um your horoscope for the day. And that song's mm-hmm. pretty intensive, I would think. Yeah, but the ins- like it it's still the same Wait, does he do the uh, See, I know nothing about actual music, how music works. Does he do the horns for horoscope on the on the uh MIDI accordion? I, uh I'm going to guess So I saw him do that in 2004 or 2003, but that was before I really thought about the musicality of all this. I'm thinking mm-hmm. Ruben does all the trombones on his keyboards, and Al is just okay. singing. Okay, I got you. It'd be great if on the last stop, again, this is me making dumb speculation, but he brings out a full like construction ensemble, like a guy at a sawhorse and a guy with a like a drill, like like and he brings out a member of some right. constructors guild for each little piece of equipment that's in the intro to. A- <laughs> It'd be, it'd be like a hardware store. It'd be like uh, how how they have the Star Wars characters from the 501st Legion, but every time yeah. he wants to do a hardware store, we get the Lowe's Legion. That's crazy. <laughs> oh man, that's great. I like it a lot. Man, even if he doesn't do that, somebody just needs to do that for YouTube. Like create their own homemade version of the hardware store using practical tools and stuff. Do you think that is a great assignment for for people on YouTube? Please waste you, your time and give you, us that. Yeah, people who have more money than we do. At the, at the end of this tour, do you? At, we should do an episode where we talk about what we think his best show was. Just based Ooh, on yeah, the set good. list. Yeah, like just based on set for list sure. and collection of songs. Yeah. Um, Garrett, did you say that somewhere you saw where he did a Hamilton polka fake out? Because I'm not seeing that. Yeah. Um. Guys, I'm looking at this uh, setlist.fm, the setlist yeah. wiki, and there was a. Uh, that's what it says. Um, and on here, there, uh, one of the tracks. It actually said like um, for the uh, March eighth Dartmouth Music Hall, Toronto, when he was uh, opening or he did the song when I was your age. It says with Dan Hamilton Forth. Polka Fake Out. Okay, I see it. Now you actually have to click through to see it. And it, what, what's crazy is I didn't notice this before, but he did Dog Eat Dog right after that song, and that would be another one that would be just amazing live. Yeah, that's a great song. Just just so good. That same show, the second performance ever of Christmas at Ground Zero, first time since 1986. That's yeah. unbelievable. That's that's pretty insane. Second performance ever. <laughs> This looks like it was a pretty good show too. Dang. Although I'm not a big fan of Young Dumb, Young Dumb and Ugly, or When I Was Your Age, but he did both of those at that one. <laughs> Man, what I want to know how that Hamilton polka fakeout goes. Speaking of that, uh, that was the other thing I wanted to get to. I, is there anything else about the tour before we move on in topics uh, that we ha- that has to be said about the tour? Um, there, there are Hamilton out there waiting for us to just talk about Hamilton. They're like, we don't give a yep. an F about this tour. <laughs> it was weird out. We just know there's a new song out about Hamilton. Right. <laughs> Garrett, you, you clear to move on? I'm only like, I'm, the one more thing I'm going to say is mm-hmm. it looks like people are getting different versions of songs. Like here at the, 
Toronto uh, March 9th show, he did a Grateful Dead version of Dare to be Stupid, and I am, like, blown away <laughs> with what that could sound like. Right. I'm so curious. But, yeah, I'm... Uh, Let's let's move on. There are uh, we have brand new Al to talk about as well. Yeah, and this is supposed to be a uh, a, a mini topic episode, but like uh, just like our last one, it looks like it's going to be an hour long. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, it's not yep. every day we get Ken on here. I mean, we just did in three D part one just came out, and it's uh, what, what did we talk for two hours, Garrett? Oh, we could have gone for longer too. It was a long one. Oh, I cut a lot out. People don't even know that it was two hours because it's not two hours anymore. But man, I cut a lot of that out. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so, a little bit of backstory on our weird tangent of uh, this Hamilton polka. You'll hear it in, in 3D Part 1. Uh, download it now. <laughs> um, when we were talking, we did our Al News segment. And the reason, part of the reason why that episode was so long, this. Uh, other than the fact that N3D is just a hefty album to cover or to go over. Um, after we finished Al News, finally, I, I said to Garrett, I said, Garrett, I promise you now that we've talked about Al News, um, that some crazy big Al News is going to drop because we had all these things that we hadn't talked about in a while, and so it kind of just piled up. And I said, now that we got it all done, it's the curse of the Al News segment of the show that... Um, he's going to do something big and crazy, and our show is going to be instantly, like, uh, I guess a little bit obsolete or, like, out of date because, like, I thought you were doing Al News. News means, you know, new, like the newest thing that's happening. And here this thing happened, and your show came out after that, and it doesn't talk about it. Uh, and sure enough, the very next morning, he started this whole thing of, hey, uh, I got a single coming out Friday. <laughs> Yeah, it, and it I was, was like, really insane that you said that. I was like, you son of a gun, dude. Like, And we it was late at night that we recorded, so to me it felt just a one night sleep away from finish the Al News segment, wake up to Weird Al News. And then I, you know, the things began pouring in. Hey, I'm Jimmy Fallon. This week on, or this Friday, we're going to have Lin-Manuel and Weird Al. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a weird, weird how that happens. And then here comes Lin-Manuel saying, oh, the new Hamill drop, which I'll explain that in a minute. Uh, comes out this Friday, and so the buttons begin to click into place like, oh, okay, I see what's happening now. And so then you get the speculation of what's it going to be. But uh, these Hamill drops, if you're not a Hamill head, like my wife uh, would consider herself to be. Um, guys, do I talk about my wife too much? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> my wife. I feel like... <laughs> Good answer. Uh, <laughs> What he's doing, because he feels like he has, Lynn manuel Miranda feels like he has so much more room left to explore in the universe of his his Broadway smash hit, Hamilton the Musical. Instead of, like, uh, you know, continuing to uh, do other things, he just wants to keep exploring this world that he created, sort of. And uh, so what he'll, he has songs that he's writing or having other artists come in and take what he's already written uh, and change it up in the case of Weird Al, but he wrote a song specifically, for example, uh, last for last December in the style of um, the Decemberists, and he wanted them to do it, and they did it, and it was, it's a really good song. You should listen to it. It's about Ben Franklin. Uh, and so for this one, he decided, you know, he's been a long time, as we've talked on the show, he's been a long time fan of uh, Weird Al's, and he got with him, and long story short, here's a Hamilton polka that takes songs from his musical, and, you know, ones that Al picked it turns out, if you've listened to these interviews, um, he didn't even... He said he wanted to have Lynn 
to be part of the process. He kept wanting to text and be like, listen to this part. Uh, check out what I did here. But he said he, he kept him on the hook uh, until it was completely done and then sent it to him. So it was a biggest surprise to him as it was to the rest of the world, which I think is really cool. And so basically what he's done is like, he got his hero to create the th- to take the thing he's created and put his own twist on it, and now here you have the Hamilton polka, and I just think that that is amazing. Even if you don't like Hamilton, like even if you're not acquainted with those songs, I think that's one of the coolest things ever. So, real quick, real quick, um, are either of you Hamilheads? I am. I I love Hamilton I mean, uh, to death. I think Lin Manuel is a yeah. amazing artist, and I think. Hamilton has a personal slash uh, global reference point for anything that could happen interpersonally or in society. Like it, it's one of those masterpieces of art that like can can speak to so many different things on so many different levels. And I just think Lin Manuel is an amazing person on top of it. So yeah, I I, I I haven't seen it, but I've bought into the Hamilton mania completely. Okay, I'm just gonna say ditto to everything he said. Well, this household listens to the soundtrack at least once a week. <laughs> I'll say this. In preparation for this episode, I listened to Hamilton for the first time today. Oh, that is exciting. Wait, the whole thing? I have not heard. Well, I mean, I've heard like clips of it, obviously. I mean, I don't know how you avoid it unless you literally live under a rock. But right. Yes, in its entirety, I listened to it and wow. I'm it, I'm not like 100% on it yet. But I will say, like, how not? I will say that one of my f- my favorite parts on it are about it are not like the his- historical aspects or the raps, but it's more about the emotionality for me when you get the the female singers in and you talk about like the romance within Hamilton, like that feels like like way deeper to me for some reason, and it, hit, it strikes a big, a deeper chord with me. Now, I'll probably listen to it over like over and over again, and probably fall in love with it like the rest of the world has. But for now, like the, the, the surface level attraction to Hamilton for me is like the, the, the pop music of like, I don't know, like the, the romance between Hamilton and uh, Angelica, or is it the other one? Eliza. Both of them. Eliza. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> now, that, see? Both of them and another yeah. woman. <laughs> exactly. But to me, the Hamilton polka is like, it feels like it goes deeper. Like whenever I think that Weird Al does a parody of somebody because one, he respects the song two he wants to put the time into covering the music, learning it because every, everybody's because he wants to cover a different style. Like it is one of the deepest, uh, uh, compliments to a song. I think is if, if you get Weird Al to cover you, like, you know, you've done something right, but for Weird Al to single out Lin-Manuel and take, Hamilton and smash it into a polka seems like such a deeper compliment in how much more respect Al has to have for Lynn Manuel. Well, in Lynn's words, uh, I don't know the exact phrasing, but he basically said the only other artist he's ever done this for is Queen and the Rolling Stones. And he, and then he said something to the cadence of, uh, I, I would never hold myself to their caliber, but here we go. It's, you know, it's done. Truly, truly like, like amazing and like the deepest compliment that I think Al could give anybody than he's given Lin-Manuel and the, the polka is great. It does such an amazing job of capturing different pieces of Hamilton. And I'll say this, it's kind of like, here's a, here's a weird thing to me. So what Hamilton does is it captures all of Hamilton's life. 
and the polka captures everything that uh, Hamilton is. So if you're well if you're well hearsed in history, then you can go ahead and condense all of Alexander Hamilton into five minutes <laughs> with the pol- with the polka that Weird Al did instead of having to listen to the entire Hamilton soundtrack. Yeah, I guess so. Like if you just don't have time for it, just listen to the polka. I guess so. Just to just to recite that as your uh, as your high school uh, paper, like you know your final essay. Yeah. Use Hamilton as your uh, as your subject. <laughs> what did you think about it, kid? Um. So, you guys, you guys, I've already established how huge an Al fan I am on this episode, and because I am that caliber of Al fan, I think I'm allowed to be as critical as I want. Uh oh. And so I'm going to I'm going to take a, a controversial stance in all of this. Okay. <laughs> um, as a huge Al fan and as a huge Hamilton fan, once I put the piece together of what was happening, I was obviously very excited. Um, the final result, I think, my reaction upon hearing it was like, that was cute. Yeah. Um, it it feels like. So, so I think the genius of the polka medley and what Al has done with it is using it to satirize pop culture uh, succinctly with perfection. It's taking all of these songs of all these styles from different eras and throwing them together in a way that goes like, look how easily all of these fit together. Look how stupid all of this sounds. Can you believe that this is your entertainment, people? Like, it is a perfect satire to throw all of pop culture into a, a polka. Like, it's just so silly, and it's like the essence of what Weird Al is. Whereas the Hamilton polka feels like a T-Fury mashup to me. It feels like you love Hamilton, you love Weird Al, you'll love this. Wow. I, think it, I think it has the same problem. Like, look, the Rolling Stones are one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm in a band. We cover the Rolling Stones. I've seen the Rolling Stones. I think the the Hot Rocks polka is Al's worst polka. Mm. Like, there's nothing to be satired. It's a tribute, and I get it. And for some reason, it works differently for me with the Bohemian polka. That's a full arrangement, so that works as a straight-up cover because I believe every cover should be done as the artist covering it, not as the original artist. So I think that's a brilliant cover. Mm-hmm. But this one just feels like, like for years, for a few, for like two years now, I've been wondering what Al was going to turn my shot into a parody of. And on a business level, this makes a lot more sense that he just condensed it all into a polka because he wasn't going to be doing any more polkas. But I just think it doesn't. It's not getting at anything. It's it's there to appease fans of one or the other or both. I don't know what he's trying to do or say with it. And to be honest, I think it's kind of a cop out that we all know Hamilton for being the hip hop musical, and he chooses to only do choruses for most of it. Like there are two parts where he does the rapids and he does harmonies over them, and it's very impressive. But for the most part, I I don't think it was everything i i built it up to be and i'm very happy for lin-manuel miranda there's that video of them lip-syncing it with balan on on the tonight show and it looks like the happiest moment a human being could ever have for lin like i would never take that away from him right i just am not entirely convinced that this is even though it's intricate musically and i understand what 
was in his mind when he did it. I just cannot say that this is Al's best work, and I would go as far to say that it might be my least favorite polka. Wow. And I say that as a fan. Of both. That's a... Uh... That's wild. Sorry if that's harsh. No, that's, no that's... Uh, that's quite an interesting way to look at it. I hadn't... Man. Well, I would say I would say somebody's opinion like yours, who is such a big fan of both, like both pop culture um, mainstays, like entities, yeah, entities, like that's that's probably one of the most succinct like opinions because yeah. you know that's uh, that's something else. Dakota, Dakota, what 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 were your thoughts? Boy, uh, <laughs> well, I think I, now I enjoy it. I enjoy listening listening to it a lot, but I didn't think about it like the whole, um, you know, what's the uh, what's the purpose behind the polka in the first place? Like I had never, you know, Ken, I had never once pieced together that. Okay, so what Al is is basically he lampoons things, um, mostly lovingly. But a lampoon is a lampoon. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and some of them more harshly than others, if you look throughout his history. Um, I, n- I think for some reason that the polka medley in general, I had never put the two together, except for when it comes to things like, um, oh, I don't know, when he when he turns a chorus into, or, <laughs> okay, they're in the Kesha moment in one of his more recent ones, where he uh, turns the O sounds into yodels, or when he turns uh, uh, some... S- some sound into a fart or something like that. Or yeah, mm-hmm. he, he especially does that in the latest one with, um, uh, what's their name? One, one direction. Hmm. Oh, I was going and Peggy. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I meant the latest actual, like, uh, album cut. Medley, he yeah. does that to one direction. He said he makes a lot of fart noises there and there's, and I feel like, Oh yeah, he's bringing them down to pegs. But, but for some reason I'd never actually thought about the whole of the polka being a chance to, uh, get one last minute kind of jab at all the songs that he's not going to give the full parody treatment to. Um, so I never made that connection. But I will say this. The idea that he did a polka did strike me in an odd way. And I, I can tell you how so, because it actually spurs the question that I wanted to center this episode around. Um, and what I was actually thinking of titling it, do you think that the future of Weird Al... Um, as far as, uh, I guess his place in pop culture, I wonder if his place coming up is going to be just the guy who does polkas about things that are happening around him. Because if he's not going to be making full-fledged albums anymore, um, the fear amongst diehard fans, I think, was that originals would be the first to go because parody is still always going to be a thing. Um, and to, to keep yourself kind of in the spotlight, uh, making a parody of whatever's popular is always going to be a great option to go. Um, but, you know, we all listen to his albums, for mostly for the originals, but if he doesn't have to make an album, where is he going to find that creative outlet to make those? Well, it seems like since this one, and also because of the North Korea polka, which I'm on record as saying, I think as far as writing goes, I think that's one of his best written songs. Um, I agree. And it's not... I totally agree. Yeah, and it's not a medley. So... I, I begin to get in this uh, frame of mind of, is he just going to have a polka for every occasion? Not always a polka medley, but that's what this specific occasion occur, or, uh, called for because the uh, the pre-written material was there. But for the other occasion, it was more of like a sort of a, 
you know, a reaction to what was happening. So going forward, are we going to get a, you know, a, we need our, our funny polka clown to come out and make his statement on what is happening, you know, about, you know, whatever it is, pop entertainment or politics or whatever like that. And so I was wondering, do you guys see a future where Weird Al is kind of just confined to uh, pop culture's polka guy, polka punchline? Um, okay, I'll say this. Um, first, let me say that despite everything I said earlier, <laughs> I've listened to the Hamilton polka multiple times. They can probably sing along with it perfectly. <laughs> so so I, I'm still a huge fan. I feel that way about Al songs that I like the least. You know, I'm, I, I still love it. But I would yeah. But what you said does make sense. So. I I would I would say that I would be worried about what you just said if he were not on this current tour. But given mm. the interviews and tweets and Instagram posts about this current tour, he seems more energized and convinced than ever that we all love him for what he can do as a musician uh, satirist instead of just being a parodist. And so I hope he takes inspiration uh, from the energy that we're all giving him uh, over the course of the next few months to put that into new music going forward. I, I, I think it's an easy mark. I, th- I think when you're trying to put your, yourself in the headspace of Al and thinking about Hamilton as a cultural musical landmark and what are you going to do with it, yeah. uh, the Hamilton polka makes sense. Um, but I think moving forward, uh, I, I hope we're giving him the confidence through this tour and this year to allow him to be the musician that he clearly wants to be based on how much fun he's having with this tour. Right. Yeah, I think I think Ken said it best when he used the word easy mark, or use the words, because, yeah, I mean, in the past two decades, can you can either of you name another popular polka? player or uh like polka no, performer. No. <laughs> no and that's why your go-to your go-to polka thought is weird al and so i don't think he's he's not done with polkas by far like i i can i can absolutely see him doing this you know sporadically throughout the upcoming years and throughout the rest of his lifetime or whatever maybe even at like grammys oscars whatever you just have weird al come out play a polka about pop culture and you fill you know five minutes but I have higher standards and expectations for what Al can do and what he will do because like we know the dude is talented and we know that he's he's much more motivated and driven to put out and um uh satisfy his fans. I think he I think and he knows that we have higher standards. So I, d- I, I absolutely think that he's, he's his go-to will always be a polka because that is his style. He knows the accordion better than probably all the other instruments. And so for him to put a polka out seems like, you know, if I wanted to, I could do a polka and it probably wouldn't take me too much time and it would be easier than learning a new style. But if I want to put a little bit more attention into something, I'll, I'll do the parody or I'll do an original. All right. Okay. I'm going to continue to slightly play the negative card like i'll play the devil's advocate just a little while longer just to see if this changes your opinion and i like what you said about how he due to this tour's success so far i mean he's all of what two or three weeks into it and it's it's working for him so that's good um coming at it from like a business venture um which completely like takes this tour out of the frame because um he even admit this might be a bad idea but so let's not think about how it's kind of working out for him. Um, 
just from a business point of view, if you wanted to stay relevant without creating full albums, wouldn't you do comments on on current things? Like, uh, again, I say, we like the originals, and we think that he really has his room to explore in the originals, but if he's not doing a polka of what's what's hip, and he's not parodying a a current song, then how is he going to reach those mainstream fans? Do you think that this tour can transcend enough to get people to come down to, well, not down to, but get people to be a different caliber of Weird Al fan to where they all, like a, a, a wider majority looks forward to, uh, you know, real Weird Al, like the Weird Al that we like? Okay, I'm going to be, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be as cynical as I can just to make a point. <laughs> yeah. um, I hope he has enough money by now um <laughs> that that doesn't matter <laughs> so like like there was a point like okay so he released 14 albums he released a box set and and like all of it there's there's genius marketing and getting his friends like sending his all of his twitter friends uh, a free copy of of that box set and and getting them to tweet about it all before he goes on tour where he's going to be performing these originals for the first time that people can finally hear in this box set if they never got into it before. He's a genius marketer. We saw that with the videos on Mandatory Fun. I hope he just has enough money that he stops caring about reaching the mainstream. And And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I hope that means he stops parodying songs. I just hope that means that he only parodies something if he feels artistically inclined to. Um, that makes sense. Do you guys remember Internet Leaks? Yep. What he did before Alpocalypse? Yeah. Yeah. That was like that was like the weirdest time of being an Al fan for me because I always look forward oh, yeah. to the Al, Al originals when an album comes out, and by the time Alpocalypse came out, it felt like the most disappointing album because I knew six of the songs on it already. Right. And and I just don't want to feel that way in the future. But if that's the only way he's going to release original songs, you know, like Skipper Dan was in the internet leaks and that's still persisted to be one of my favorite Al songs. So I'm not going to, um, I'm still going to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm, I'm hoping he just does the thing where he releases something when he wants to, and he stops thinking about what the public needs and, and wondering what the public needs has been a, seemed to be a big thing on his mind for a long time, hence the title of this tour. Uh, and I would, I would recommend everybody look up the back of the t-shirt uh, to see the full title of the tour. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I, I hope he sees that we have, he has enough goodwill just from his fans that he will survive the next 30, 40, however long he's going to live, how, those years just doing what he needs to do instead of, I think on the albums he felt like he had to uh, you know, sort of go by this very structured uh, composition of like lead single is a parody first. My favorite original is the second. This polka is track five or six. The long song is number 12. I hope he's done with formulas and just does what he feels inclined to do. And that's what I like about the Hamilton polka. That's the one thing I really like is that after all of his albums are released and he doesn't know what he's going to do, he's like, you know what? I can just do this. And he just did it. Yeah. And and I hope that's the spirit moving forward, that he can give us an internet leaks without it being an obligation, that he just creates songs, whether they be parodies, originals, polkas, 
because he feels like that's what he is there to do at that time. Because he's an artist, and that's what this tour is showing, that he's not just a novelty uh, act for people to sort of uh, generalize into a sense of like, oh, he's the guy that does other pe- funny versions of other people's songs in a family-friendly way. I think now he can right. just transcend and be comedian, which is just like a guy who comments on pop culture via music. I like that answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty solid. I hope that anything we get coming out is like, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. Yeah. Like, if we were to get more parodies that had to do with any of the tropes we're going to be talking about throughout his albums <laughs> in the back catalog, that would feel like a cash grab to me. But it, I, it's like Ken said. I think he will pursue like like songs commenting on pop culture because that's what that's the what the people want. Like, what are Al's thoughts on this fad? And, you know, the fact that he drew, he gave so much attention to Hamilton has got to be indicative of his opinion on that. Yeah. To go to do a, it is interesting, like, it's, you you bring up a good point that he didn't parody um, My Shot. Instead, he put it in a polka, because that could have been a good parody of something. But, yeah, but it made it, it just made it in its way into a polka, so... Yeah, he could have done uh, legalized pot. Yeah, I am not gonna legalize pot. <laughs> it's interesting. I, I don't mean to get political at all, but in a certain way, regardless, whatever you want to bring up, it could be uh, considered political in the era where we're at, where everyone's on pins and needles with political correctness or not caring if you're offending anybody. And it makes me wonder if, like, how much he thought about doing songs like Trigger Happy. You know, it's, oh man, you just now, you just struck a chord that was ringing right in my head. Like, like that was a song that, like that he was on the the front end of talking about how ridiculous owning AK forty sevens were. Yep. You know, twenty years ago, twenty five years ago. Yeah. And now I'm wondering, like, can he do Trigger Happy with a family friendly, possibly half Trump supporting audience? I don't know. And and I I would love for him to take the reins and, and do the sort of political commentary on things like he did in a vague way with Canadian Idiot on George Bush. But that felt like a stretch for him. And I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see him stop caring about uh, appealing to a broad audience, because like I said, he has enough money. And we live in an era where artists can like get some viewpoints across. And while we do need a respite from that, I, I think the North Korea polka might be a, a shade of what is to come, where he didn't outright say he was anti-Trump, but he outright said he was pro-society, pro-life, pro, not pro-life in the abortion sense, but pro-us all living. Um, yeah, <laughs> anti-war. We're all getting along. Yeah, right. But like, I, I hope we can, he can imbue a sense of that going forward, and uh, it'll be really interesting to revisit at the end of this tour to see if he ever did Trigger Happy. That's what I was just thinking. Like, where is he going to, what will the town eventually get that? Do you think the recent events in Florida, like, do you think it was totally planned for this tour? And he was like, no, better not. Like, do you think there was some last minute changes? Yeah. Just to get serious? 100%. That's a deep cut song. That was a, that was a huge hit for him. I think, and he, he likes it from, I mean, if his essential Weird Al collection is any indication, which he handpicked the songs for, that made it on there. And I've heard him talk. It's track two, isn't it? Because I think track two is always like his favorite original on the album. 
Right. I think so. Like, and he's a huge fan of the Beach Boys. Like that's Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. I, I mean, I've heard him talk, you know, say good things about Trigger Happy in the past. So it's yeah, I I almost wanted to I I would almost say affirmatively that he had to have had it prepared for this tour and then took it out. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um to close it down, uh if there was something that deserved a polka just as a fun question for you guys, what polka medley would you want to see in the future? Now, most of his polkas are like what's hot that year, but I got a couple of examples of like just one artist or just one Broadway play getting its content polka eyes, if you will. What would you like? I'll give you the first one that came to mind. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know if anyone else was into it. I just got into it. I'm not even caught up, so don't tweet me with spoilers, but... I think Rachel Bl- Rachel Bloom and my cr- and uh, crazy ex girlfriend are picking <laughs> are picking up the baton of comedy music mm-hmm. where Al left off by taking it to a, a quote unquote naughtier, more adult level than Al ever could have. Yeah. But I think they imbue it with the same sensationalism of using genre to comment on what the song is about, and I think it's hilarious. And I would love just a collaboration between Al or Rachel Bloom in general. And if let's say the worst happens and all he ever does for the rest of his life is release polkas. Yes. I want a weird Al crazy ex-girlfriend polka medley. That's pretty good. I like that answer. That's a good plug for a crazy ex-girlfriend too. Um, The idea that I had written down was uh, TV themes because he's so into television and that's something like, you know, Everybody loves TV, and TV themes have a special place in most people's heart, especially the good ones, like the ones that stick around, like the old 80s ones and stuff. But I think that would fall perfectly into his thing where we wouldn't feel like, oh, he's making fun of TV themes. Because, I mean, come on, it's television. It's out there for the picking. Mm-hmm. So I think if you he could mix some old ones, like some Cheers or some Golden Girls, mix with some of the current ones, like, uh, I don't know, get like a Family Guy or a BoJack Horseman in there, and just do a polka medley of great TV themes. I think that'd be pretty good. <laughs> then, then he could just add add in the uh, polka medley, the the lyrics that he did to some newer shows at the Emmys a few years ago when he did like Game of Thrones and Mad Men. And stuff. Yeah, I thought about that too. I'm almost surprised that that, that wasn't a polka, <laughs> right? Exactly. But what he did what what he did was good. So, uh, what about you, Garrett? What would you like to see formed into a medley? Man. A polka medley. I don't think I can think of anything outside of if he could somehow... Nothing as good as what you guys have proposed, but I would somehow maybe turn superheroes into a polka because of the the Marvel DC craze and like how every other movie that comes out is a superhero movie. Isn't it weird how he's ahead of that stuff? Like like with Trigger Happy, he was like like five years ahead of Columbine and with the Spider-Man with... uh... The, the Piano Man parody, like, he yeah. was, like, right at the forefront of this whole mass production of the superhero thing. It's like, he doesn't even have to comment on that, because he right. did it before we all realized it was a thing. That is good. Like, he's he's really smart about that. We, we bring it up all the time, but, like, it's just kind of uh, awe-inspiring to see some of the things, like, oh, yeah, Al did it. He uh, Weird Al did it. It's going to be the new Simpsons did it. What about a What about a president <laughs> polka? <laughs> a what polka? A president polka. <laughs> Dude, he just sets all of Trump's craziest quotes to a polka. Yeah. 
<laughs> I thought you meant something like Jonathan Colton's President's Song, but a polka version, like a polka cover of the President's Song by Jonathan Colton. Or like uh, what the Animaniacs, so they used to do like the, yeah. the state capitals and the presidents and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ken's, Ken's suggestion was way better. I was just thinking maybe like a polka of the names. I do, yeah, I do like the tweet one, though. That is Man. good. But that would be like, I don't know, that would almost directly be saying... I guess if you're just reading them verbatim, you're not you're still not taking a side really, <laughs> unless you put a, a, an excess <laughs> amount of fart noises in there. <laughs> yeah, that, there we go. I hate I hate how easy of a trick the fart noises are, but if you put it at the end of every Trump tweet, suddenly I'm on board. Every time there's a hashtag, instead of saying hashtag, make the fart noise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fart noise is the new hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right, guys, I could talk about Weird Al for literally the rest of my life, and I plan on doing it, so let's keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, we do have to uh, bring it to a close. Um, Do we need to say anything else about polkas, about tours, about anything Weird Al before, um, after this episode is going to be our coverage of N3D Part 2, in which we go through our listener stuff. Um, So listeners, if you're if you want to say anything about what we've said or about our first, our recap of the first half of N3D, uh, go for it. Or if you have a good idea for what Al should polka or any of the other topics we brought up, uh, let us know over on Twitter at TalkingAltu, and we'll get to that at the in the later half of next episode. Uh, anything else, guys, about what we've talked about tonight before we close it down? I think I got everything out of my system, and I thank you guys for letting me express every thought I've had about this tour and the Hamilton Polka. That's good. No problem. It's been a it's been a joy having you on here, man. Yep. A lot of good insights. I can't wait for this this in person meeting. Yeah. Let's 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 bring this three way into fruition. <laughs> That's a joke, literally, just for us because the, <laughs> the listeners have no idea about the banner we ha- banter we had before we started. <laughs> anyway. Hashtag Yank a Dick. I, I, I uh, mean, I mean. Yank a dick. <laughs> of course, of course. It's uh, yank a ditch. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, cool. Well, like I said, hit us up on Twitter. Um, Ken, do you have anything that you want people to check out since you have an audience? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm on Twitter. I'm not tweeting a lot these days, but follow me there because I only like release things or I only tweet when I'm like on something or have something to promote. I'm at the Ken Edwards. That's Ken with two N's on Instagram. I'm Ken dot Edwards again, Ken with two N's. And, um, my band is the Alex Jonestown massacre. It's basically the reason I moved back home because I was like, Man, my band is too good. What am I doing in Texas? Like all of my amazing band members still in still live in Virginia, and we will be touring in June. We'll be hitting Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Baltimore, DC, Richmond, Nashville, other places. Maybe I'd love to go down that. <laughs> yeah, we are we are punk rock and we're awesome. Uh, just follow us on Instagram at the Alex Jones Town Massacre. God, I love and, that name. Um, and, and on on uh, YouTube, I have a video of one of our practice sessions where we did uh, like every original we've written. It's like thirty five minutes long. Uh, it's youtube.com slash Ken M Edwards. Ken with two N's. M as in Michael. Thank you for letting me plug my stuff. I love you guys. This is a great <laughs> podcast. On a, like this, Yay. this is gonna sound like a really weird thing that I should say for when the mics are off. But 
What are you ever gonna have a music video like a proper music video for a recorded uh, song? Uh, at some point, we we will get uh, successful enough to allow that to happen at some point, but we're just not there yet. We, when that comes, we should talk. I don't know how if the listeners know, but I've actually made music videos for a lot of bands. Oh wow! Yes, you are you are automatically involved in Coda. Yeah, I've I've literally never talked about that. I want to do that. I like making music videos. It's fun. All right. So you. So your listeners just got to hear the the beginning of a collaboration <laughs> where podcasts and, and artistic and weird out worlds meet. This is an, and they'll get to see that happen in the future. This is an audio contract. The Venn diagram. An audio handshake, if you will. Boom. Uh, Garrett, I look forward to seeing yeah. you in person very soon. And then again later on in Chattanooga. Yes. Chattanooga sounds like it's going to be so much fun. I might just... I might just call it after that. I might just be done with life. No, I got to finish the rest of my anniversary while I'm down there. <laughs> um, look us up. Uh, uh, all the places. Share this with everybody. Uh, put it in Weird Al's feed on Twitter. Or, I mean, if you know him personally, just you know, ask him. Hey, do this thing. That's what Ken's planning on doing. Uh, we're gonna make this thing happen. Aren't we? Are, are we not? Are we not all close personal fr- friends of Weird Al Yankovic? Isn't that what the shirt says? That, that's what the shirt says. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to believe it. That's how I live my life. Close personal friends of each other do favors. Weird Al, you could do this favor for us. I have two mottos. The first one is, we're all close, close personal friends of Al. And the last one is, dare. Judy. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Me Talking Weird Al to You is a podcast on the Weird Mountain Network. Find it on weirdmountainpodcast.com or on Twitter at TalkingAlToYou. The hosts are Dakota Rimmer and Garrett Hale, and they can be found on Twitter at the underscore rumorverse and at GarrettHale89, respectively. If you'd like to talk to us about this show or any of the other ones on this network, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash weirdmountainpodcast. Consider leaving us a review on iTunes, because the world needs more good things.